0: Gaming NBS, episode 190, coming to you Wednesday, May 9th, 2018. Welcome to Gaming NBS, a tabletop RPG
1: podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, folks. How you doing, Sean? Oh, real life, yeah. man.
0: Adulting. Yeah. <laughs> All kinds of adulting happening in the last couple days.
1: We um, Just so folks know right out of the gate, we were going to talk with uh, Jeff, one of the lead guys, the man himself from True Dungeon, for this episode. However, um, what happened was Sean's mom had to go to the hospital. A little emergency appendicitis thing. Sean's mother, like many of us uh, gentlemen and ladies who are in our 40s plus... When our mothers and uh, parents get sick, it's a big damn deal because they're old. <laughs> you know, they're getting to a point where you got to be there. So, uh, Jeff, kindly enough, um, I told him I'm like, dude, sorry, we're gonna move. Is that okay? He's like, that's totally fine. So we will get him on the show. We're hoping to get him on episode 191, which would be directly after this one, of course. But yeah. anyway, that is why we're gonna talk about something a little different today.
0: Yes, and er-
1: oh, everything is fine with mom. They're good. They're- Everything's fine for the most part.
0: I mean. Nothing major. It's appendicitis, but when you're old, yeah, it just, you can't it's, you can't just go in there and take rip the rip rip the bastard out and put it, put your back together.
1: And we've only got one mom, right? So it's good to... that. Right.
0: Some Three of moms. us have.
1: Well, That's a good moms. point. Very point. Very good. Step point. Very moms. Yes. Yeah. Two moms. Three That's moms. That's True. Good point. All right. So so. <laughs> We only have so many important adult people in our lives. How about right. that? We only have right. so many, and by God, we need to take care of them. And That's you're, right. And, you're, and your mom's a sweet lady, so hey, why not? Yes, my mother is very nice. So. All, the, all the more reason you're a good son, Sean. Oh, uh, yeah, a good son. yeah. Well, well, after sitting in the hospital with my father while I had his last knee surgery, hanging out with my mom there. Oh my God, waiting in hospitals—it's just—it's so mm. fun. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Let's talk gaming. Um, so GameholeCon submissions for events still open, so get out there if you have not done that. GameholeCon.com. What the hell are you waiting for? Um, other really cool gaming news. Queen City Conquest. Our friends uh, Chris and Phil and Sean Gilgore and the crew out in, uh, in the New York misdirected Markland, that has funded. They're Kickstarter funded, so that's really cool. And that means that uh, I and my lovely bride and my two youngest will be heading out to New York to partake in said convention. So that will be a lot of fun. Link in the show notes if you are in that area and you want to come. Obviously, you know, tickets at the door type of thing, people. So, cool. It's happening. It's going to be there. It's going to be a thing. I
0: Everything heard as else? part of their stretch goals, they were um,
1: we're going to light Bob on gonna, fire.
0: They were going to ha- yeah, light Bob on fire from a real dragon.
1: Yeah, that's the hard part. But they might have to do one of those augmented reality ones that you talked about the other that's, show.
0: That's not a bad start.
1: And what would be more augmenting reality than actually have Bob on fire? That would really add to the whole ambiance of a dragon breathing flame.
0: I would call it a, an
1: immersive uh, experience. Yes, I think that would be very much. Perhaps over the top, some would say. Well, shoot high is what I, I would say. I mean, but, but Bob's not one. I mean, he would not shrink to sacrifice himself for his art. I could, I could, see, I could see Bob stepping up and saying, you know what? Damn it. Let's do this.
0: Bob could be he's, the burning man of the East Coast.
1: He's a hard ass. He could do it. He's, he's hardcore, man. He could do it. Anyway. That said. Got, any other, got anything else? Hell no. All right. Let's just move on. Let's random encounter. All right.
0: First one up.
1: Yes, what do we got? We got a voicemail from
0: Blake Ryan. Blake Ryan. I'm going to see if I can get this to come through. Uh everybody can hear it hold on a 2nd from australia just uh, saying g'day
2: fellas um in reference to encounter preparation uh, episode 189 in regards to upskilling law you can watch or read series in the genre you don't have to watch or read everything three books or three episodes will give you a good idea of how things go so three episodes of xena how to train your dragon and game of thrones it's better than nine episodes of on one of those shows. You get the hang of how each show works and the differences and similarities between them. Because you're not designing a game, you're just going to run one. There's a big difference. You don't need uh, genre saturation just for running a regular game. If listening is easier than reading, there are tons of actual playing podcasts and audiobooks to go to listen to. If you're running a low-level game, there's no point reading high-level monsters. Most games don't last that long, and to learn how to effectively use low-level ones so that one day when you do the high-level ones you're better at. Regarding it running encounters, generally my encounters are dot notes such as threat or monster type, terrain, distance, weather, goals, tactics, one line each. The monsters are specific because Goblin Ambusher is not the same as Goblin Raider, not in style, tactics or skill set. Tactics is important because not all threats are killers. Some want influence, some want to corrupt, some want to destroy stuff. I do not write monster stats because they're already written in the book, which I just keep handy. i prepare two combat, two challenge and two social encounters. And the challenges may maybe like quicksand or a ravine, you have to climb around or swim. A social encounter might be sister's birthday, a festival or a town meeting. I drop in an encounter when it feels right, depending on what the PCs are responding to on the night. Sometimes what I've prepared for that night isn't simple, it just doesn't feel right. Which is why at the start of the campaign, I do uh, have a bunch of spare encounters. I do two of each that I can slot in any time. And then in encounters that are not used, I stash uh, for later, so prep not is not wasted. And there's times I've, you know, generated some for the session, and then during the session going, nah, it doesn't feel right. Look in my stash and use stuff that I wrote two years ago, and that's fine. It's not wasted, and it made a good game uh variety is important don't do three combats in a row during a session don't do three undead encounters you know three sessions in a row so in any game you can vary the encounters by style and challenge both within the session and over the campaign all right happy gaming fellas
1: all right that was good stuff man i'll tell you what blake one of the things you said there at the very beginning not say the very beginning but was really really true and I probably should have called it out, is you're dead on, man. Instead of, like, diving deep into watch every episode of Game of Thrones and sink your teeth into that, what you end up doing then is, if you're using that for your emulation or your research, whatever, you kind of, at least I do anyway, I'm stuck in trying to emulate that thing that I just saw, and I I agree with you. It's kind of a two episodes of this, three episodes of that, maybe one of those movies, maybe a different one, you know, read a Terry Pratchett you know, Discworld novel, and then read The Hobbit. And two totally different things, you know, two absolutely different approaches to fantasy. And taking all those different tropes and pieces and parts that are out there, I think that's a really good idea to mix it up. And don't dive, you know, if you're thinking about a spy game, don't just watch every Sean Connery Bond movie and assume that's it, you know. Take a look at your Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Take a look at some of those other kind of uh, Cold War era or different types of things. Hell, um, if you want to go crazy, wacky, watch uh, Top Secret. (laughs) It's just, it's craziness. And uh, understanding all the different bits bits and pieces, making the notes or whatever you want to do along the way, you can throw all that stuff into your personal gaming blender. So that's good stuff. And obviously, Blake, the rest of that was awesome too. So thanks, man. Very good stuff.
0: Yes, Blake, thank you very much for going through the trouble of preparing that and recording it. We appreciate it. Um, Some good advice. Very good, good approach, yeah.
1: All right, next up is Michael Drescher. He emailed us on episode 187. I think most creatures could be brought into other games. Episode 187 I should talk about is uh, moving critters from one game to another. He continues, Goblins in your espionage urban cyber game could be a group of spineless, conniving tricksters. Good idea. Giants could just be hulking brutes with lots of sway in town. Display beasts could be deadly assassins who are near impossible to track. Mind flayers track and kill informants. Beholders could be the next-gen security system. In short, I take the conceptual elements of said creature and apply those elements to something that did make sense in the setting. Great show as always Mike. God damn it, Mike, that's fucking gold, dude. I, I did not think of that at all. But yeah, I mean, the concept of naming the security system Beholder. Why? Because it knows everything you're doing. It's full of eyes, blah, 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 blah. You know, the Goblin Brigade is a bunch of sneaky, conniving... Spies, you know, thieves or whatever it is. You could, oh my God, you could totally do that stuff. You could take the core that makes the monster and then put it into something normal. God damn, that's good stuff. I am humbled, Michael. That was good. Yeah. Good stuff. Very good. Sean, shitting, next one's you for you. Shit diamonds over there. Fuck yeah, he is. That's awesome. That dressure guy. Brilliant, I say.
0: Brilliant! Brilliant. All right. Chris Shorb on g plus pose the question some people have answered crowdsourcing this i may eventually post this question on en world so you might have seen it there or rpg.net maybe it's already been answered there but here he goes what if portals opened up between our world and faroon uh the dnd forgotten realm setting huge gaping portals that you could drive an entire line of tanks through so high you could very easily fly jets through or dragons. Assume for the sake of it that our tech works there and their magic works here. Is that, is that Rifts?
1: It could be, yeah. It could be Rifts. There's actually... God, there was a old... I'm not a Rifts guy, by the way. Neither... I vaguely am a Rifts guy. There was an old setting of books about special forces team that went back to Roman times. Ooh. And I think, like, Guns and things worked because it was Earth. But then, then en- ended up, you know, you run out of ammo at a certain point. That's what this brought to mind. But this also reminds me that was kind of Ed Greenwood's original thing, right? Portals between worlds and our stories of dragons and vampires and things come from the previous connections to Faerun, and that doesn't exist anymore. Therefore, it's lost or forgotten. So interesting. Carry
0: on, sir. And let's then let's just say randomly that for whatever reason. Maybe the leader is insane, or his advisors are, or both. One side decides to declare war on the other. Tell me your thoughts on high-level considerations. Military tactics, economic strategy, the battle for the hearts and minds, etc., etc. Lay out for me tactical considerations. F-16s would... Pwn a flight of red dragons, a battalion of fourth-level mages would crush the marines, mind flayers would come in and take over our cities before we even knew what hit us. The Magnavox and Disney corporations would provide so much entertainment and cultural disruption that Magic Kingdom Waterdeep would be a real thing.
1: Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> gigantic um golem like mickey mouse mickey mice running about crushing things beneath their squeaky heels
0: describe for me some scenes of this flashes of terror his, heroism hero heroism heartbreak and hope finally if you were to run this game a what system would you use b what would you call it and c who would win oh shit man
1: <laughs> um, yeah. I, this is, I mean, we talk about, you know, monster mashups and Crazy like
0: that. time!
1: I know some people who will read that and will go, oh my god, I'll play that game. That is the best game ever! I don't like that stuff. <laughs> that has no interest to me, that level of interconnection and so forth. But I do know that some people totally groove when... We talked about this a little bit either on or off the mics or probably both. For some people, the weirder the better. You know, the crazier the mashup, the more insane the thing, they really groove on that. And that's it's not a thing for me. But what this does, though, is it does give me, you know, conceptual... The, the idea that you could take... And this kind of ties directly into what Dresher was saying. You know, take a thing and make it into something else. What would happen if you took a feature of Faroon and dumped it into your modern game? What would happen if you took a feature, a core component of corporate America and dumped it into your fantasy setting? Things could get weird, which is kind of what Discworld is about. (laughs) A lot of cases i have been reading a bunch of Discworld stuff lately from, uh, Terry Pratchett and you can, he, he uses, uses it often, the social commentary and so on, but taking bits and pieces of what was modern and making and seeing how it extrapolates itself into a fantasy setting is really interesting.
0: So, what system would you use? I would say uh, probably Fatal. Fatal? Start with with Fatal. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know anything about Fatal other than I heard it's obnoxious.
1: GURPS. GURPS? I mean, something that's so... uh, Basic role-playing. Something that's very widely generic universal that if you take a spell, it's... If you care for balance, or you want to make sure that it's not crazy, weird, warped in some bizarre way you can't control, that would be a good way to go. Interesting thoughts. Uh,
0: Savage Worlds. Riffs. Yes, I would riffs probably. I mean, but fuck I don't yeah, know you a mentioned lot. riffs. I mean, people there's... are like, this is probably like, dude, that's totally riffs. I don't know.
1: Isn't that the premise? Well, riffs is you've got Leyland Walkers. You can be a dragon. You can be a glitter boy. There's all sorts of crazy ass shit. Mega damage. Um, all sorts of crazy things in rifts. Mega damage. Yes, it's much more potent than regular damage. It's got of mega of in front of it.
0: Yes, it's like multiplied per thousand. Yes. Pretty- um. B. What would you call it? I'd Call it. Zany chaos. <laughs>
1: zany chaos. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The Unmagic Kingdom, or something—I don't know. Wow. I would call it RPG what? worlds at war. RPG worlds at war. <laughs> there you go. And who would win? I don't know. Only the meanest, most conniving bastard out there.
0: Interesting. There's only one way. There's only one way to find out who would win.
1: Got to play the game. You got
0: to play the game. That's how you, you got to run
1: that's, it. That's how you learn it.
0: And have the players roll. All
1: right, man. Shall we? Chris Shorb, thanks for writing in, dude. That was awesome. Thank you.
0: All right. Let's get into the man topic. David. All right, Brett. We had to call an audible at the 11th hour. Yeah. So Brett, Brett came up with something. Like, literally, I saw him reach in between his cheeks.
1: In between my cheek and gum. <laughs> or, or, uh, there, where I keep my Skull Bandits. For those of you who remember what Skull Bandits are. Um, no, I don't chew tobacco. Anyway, We was going to talk about this eventually. And I'm like, you know what? Now's the time. If nothing else, it plays well into the last two topics we had. We're talking about um, encounter creation, how Sean does it, how Brett does it, and just kind of the, the thoughts behind it. One of the things that I felt was very similar to what Sean and I do is the idea of dynamic encounter, dynamic setting, something that can change and that when the characters interact with the encounter, you've got openings, right? To uh, <clears throat> kind of paraphrase from Dungeon World, you, you, draw, you draw a map but leave blank spaces. You design an encounter but leave gaps so you can fill things in. Based on, like in my case, research, or in your case, you know, what you already know or what the module may say or blah, blah, So I mentioned this in mine, and I know you talked about it too a little bit in yours. It's kind of the dynamic bad guy piece. And I know, (coughs) excuse me, this is, to some folks, tantamount to fudging die rolls, which we've talked about ages back. And some people can't stand this shit, and other people think it's totally legit. And some people are like, look, as long as it's smooth and cool enough uh, that I don't notice, I don't care. So, Sean, when when I talk about dynamic bad guys, I'm talking about that super badass, you know, commander, who she's been running the bad guys, she's been kicking your ass nonstop, the characters finally get her dead to rights. They're going to have the big fight. And you see the encounters going a certain way. You're like, nope, this isn't epic enough. I need to juice this encounter. So, <laughs> bam, you give it a little shot, and suddenly she's got a power that you didn't, didn't write down. You never prepped for You kind of dynamically changed it. Or maybe it is something you prep. You just threw it in there. Like, hey, i got to change this up, man. I want to make this cooler. You know, she's badass, but she's not badass enough. I want to juice this encounter up here. You know, I've done it with bad guys and I'm sure you have probably to some case. You know, you've got, you know, count evil so and so and the big fights there, and you're like, Wow, player characters are kind of mopping the floor with this dude. I should I should change it up a bit. So Sean, first things first, do you do this? Will you admit to having done this? I should say.
0: <laughs> 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 you know, if I said I never did it, I would be a liar.
1: There you go. So what are you gonna say? <laughs> so I will say that
0: I've, I've may, I maybe tweaked it a little bit here or there. little little little
1: here, a little lift there, a little tuck there. So when you do that, do you have... Is this a, is this a personal, Sean, as Game Master ethic where are like, look, I'll add 50 hit points, no more, no less. Or I will only double this. Or I will only give them a certain thing. Do you have limits where you're like, ah, sorry, nah, that's, that's, that's too far. You know, do certain, I guess, do certain tweaks or changes, certain levels of dynamism come easier to you? Or, like, that's your go-to? Like, ah, give him an extra spell slot. Ah, give him a magic potion. You don't
0: know. Well, I do. It's usually hit points. I don't usually give him more than... I don't give him more magic items, or I don't give him magic resistance, um... I think it might come down to individual roles, so maybe okay. they maybe they have a certain protection and I give them a buff, like well, it doesn't do anything to them initially, and maybe after the fact they they do. I don't know I try not to I don't try not to tread on that too much, okay,
1: because let's let's think about this when you do it. Yeah. Are you, are you, is there a reason you're doing it? Like, look, you know, you know, the count and countess are just—they're—they're they're both of them. They're just getting their asses handed to them. And this is not supposed to be an asses handed to them fight. I want to make it last longer, so bump the head points.
0: Yeah, usually that's the case. Like, I don't want—I don't have my—I don't mind my players walking through encounters. Okay, but I also want the the big bad evil being to 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 be big, bad, and evil. Like, I don't, it's not big, bad, or it's not little bad and evil. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's not, you know, I want it to be, I don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be epic, but I want that thing to be a bit of a challenge at the right moment. And sometimes, and there's a few things that go into this. One is where are the players in the adventure? So have they gone through a few encounters and gotten beaten up and they're half Worn down because it can flip the other way. I mean, I could have a high-level, big bad evil being, and you know they they they're going to encounter them, and they're this thing's going to just lay waste to them. So how you do old, I?
1: You old softy, you take it easy on them, do you? Well,
0: you know, I think it's kind of, you know, well, I'm all out of heal spells, and half the party is below half of their hit points, and this creature's got some summoning that it could do to bring in some more help and now it becomes time to lay waste to the party so i think there's a balance i mean i don't i don't want to ever go easy on players but i don't want to and you know part of this is this is affectionately called baron von badass uh from fear the boot there's always the the big bad evil that they call baron von badass like and everything that they refer to as the big bad
1: got it okay yeah. well i'll tell you i think generally speaking i tend to do the same thing yeah i've i've taken a pretty syst- not as, as systematic as i get when i when i think about this stuff is when i've done my research and my prep for the encounter as i talked about previously i'll look at it and say hey you know i'm not going to go through and pick every fucking spell that the lich has i don't have time for that i really don't care <clears throat> i have the spell list out there and the Lich will cast whatever spell I think is useful at the time. I don't care if it if it's quote unquote too high a level, if it's too low a level, if he breaks a rule or whatever, that doesn't phase me. I want right. to be I want to be dynamic and epic because it's the big bad guy, you know. So when, you know, the deposed queen is up there and she's gonna kick the Lich Lord's ass in the final a mano we're gonna fucking throw down, you know, and if I'm like, well, you know, I uh I forgot to take enough of these spells. I don't have them I don't have you know, of, of the twenty five I have listed, none of them are uh are any good right now, so I guess you kill him in one hit. Wow, that's really doesn't feel very epic, right? That doesn't feel really cool. So I I I like to leave I like to say, hey, he's a lich in that case. Really big badass motherfucker. Uh he's got fifteen spells. Ten spells, five spells, whatever, of each level. And then I just pick them as I see fit. And I'll grab from any spell list I want. He's a bad guy. She's a bad guy. It doesn't matter, you know, if Baroness Von Badassery breaks the rules. Well, that's one of the reasons she, you know, she's evil. I don't know. That doesn't bother me. You don't go that far, do you? Well. I'm just too crazy for you, aren't I, Sean? You are quite fucking radical, Brett. I got to say. If I were sitting at your
0: table, I'd be like, this is all bullshit.
1: You have said it my this table, is... and you have said that. No, you haven't.
0: <laughs> not in so many words, but... I need I'm... to sit at more of your tables and say more bullshit. <laughs> Just throw things at you. Throw potato chips and dip Uh-oh. at you say
1: bullshit, you bastard.
0: Oh, this is one of Brett's goblin driders. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, then where'd that get... come from? Out of his ass. That's where that came from. Good job. That's yeah. nice, Brett. Make up another one, did you? <clears throat> Thanks.
0: Oh, it doesn't matter what kind of spells the frickin' Mind Flayer has and psychic attacks, because Brad just does whatever the hell he wants to.
1: So that's the fear. Not, or not fear. That's the the naysayer approach. Or naysayer, or opponents, perhaps a better phrase? People who don't like dynamically messing with the big badass. I think, you know, they're like, look, the deposed queen is going to show up and if she's played her cards right, that character's played her cards right, and the queen gets there, and she mops the floor with the usurper. Uh, good, good on her. Whether it's epic, then I've heard people tell me, well, that's epic too.
0: That's true. She stops up. Shitting, she's, yeah, she stomps shooting, up and goes, right, "Die, yeah. whoomp!"
1: You know, the blade flashes in the light, hits the usurper, his head explodes. There you go. Deposed queen, no longer. Well, that that's is cool true. too. That is true.
0: That's cool, too. You know one thing that pisses me off? When I want the bad, evil creature thing, person, guy, woman, whatever, I want them to monologue, and they ruin
1: the monologue. That'll piss me off. He starts talking. I shoot an arrow at him. Yep. But I, 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 what yep. We talked about I we've talked tell this you, before. We've I talked cannot this tell you
0: how many of my freaking players have done that, and I just get super pissed off. Like, what's he saying? Oh, he's going to say something. I shoot him. Do we know that's the big battle evil? Yeah, I shoot him. Well, you're like a thousand feet away. That's all right. I got like long range, freaking point blank shot, long range shot. Blah 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 blah. Sniper eyesight. I a, yeah, I got yeah, this. Yeah, sniper, sniper skill. Feet. Eh, it's uh, let's see. That's plus plus fifteen. Roll thirty five. Bastard, motherfucker. So you miss.
1: You miss. <laughs> you miss. You well, miss. Because you're a dick and you wrecked my moment.
0: So, you know, how many movies, how many books would, would be, like, good to read if that were to happen every time?
1: Well, that's the, I mean, that's the joke in in the movie The Incredibles, a uh, Pixar movie, is, like, at one point, the bad guy starts monologuing, and Mr. Incredible does something, and he just stops and goes, oh my god, you got me monologuing, oh, I can't believe that, because it's a thing, that's a joke in the movie. Bad guys do this, and it's stupid, you know, it's like, Bond, if you just shut the fuck up, don't torture Bond to death with some weird, slow-moving, burn-you-from-the-crotch-up laser. Just shoot him in the head. It's over.
0: Yeah, but it's not satisfying.
1: No, it is not. It's However, not. I posit that the reason you and I and Game Masters anywhere else, and I'll say players in a minute here. <clears throat> the reason Game Masters like us and other people who do this, and it works, where the players enjoy it, is because we're reading the table. Right? Are the players really into this moment?
0: So reading the table as in assessing the table, and not reading as in I'm going to read you.
1: Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not like not like tarot I, cards. Like let's see your fort. Nothing like that. Well, I, I'm talking in, in like some
0: circles, Brett. Reading is insulting.
1: Okay. Like I'm, if
0: because I know oh. Brett. Hang, oh my I god! Bre, I know Brett doesn't hang around with uh, <laughs> some of the gay folks. But reading is like I'm gonna. It's time to read you. Right? Oh, they they they. It's kind of like uh, uh, roasting.
1: Oh, oh yeah, wow. That's, that's a slang term this old man hasn't yeah. heard before. Interesting. See, I'm opening your eyes up. You right are. I've, I've been
0: watching. I've been watching. Uh, so now when it's Everett, RuPaul's Drag
1: Race, there you that's go. What
0: I, my wife watches that, and I, you know, I'm into that now.
1: So now when Everett gets me shit at work, I know what he's doing. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, reading. <laughs> that's funny.
0: He's reading you.
1: Okay. Yeah. So back to
0: the. Sorry. So when you read the table, so it's as not in, insulting I, the players. I'm not
1: giving the players the business. <laughs> I'm not racking their life. I'm paying attention, perhaps. Um, if the character, I mean, as you've gone along, the, you know the deposed queen, she's told you, hey, we're going to do this. It's going to be, we're going to go. You're going to keep the minions at bay. I'm charging up there, and I'm going to fucking take that usurper's head. I'm just going to hack it off. That's what I'm doing. And the entire plan, you're listening. You're at the table. The players are talking about it. They're going to do this. She's going to stride up there, and she wants a clear, cinematic Michael Bay, explosions in the background, march up to the top while the bad guy cowers and monologues and wavers his derelict little hand. Oh, you can't possibly. I And she wants to smite him. Give it to her. I've got a huge section of stats. It's supposed to be this thing. The players want this other really cool thing. Yeah. yeah, fine, rule, cool, I guess. You can. So that, I think that's a reason, though, we do it. Even when you, you said, you know, I want to get more hit points because it doesn't feel like the fight's going well. I do that, not just because I'm watching a bad guy die, but I can see the players going, this is too easy. What else is coming? Sometimes they'll say those things out loud, like, oh, boy, Brett's got something big. There's no way it's this easy. No way it's this easy. And sometimes. And Brett's it, you a can't big softy. Brett's I a, Sometimes. I am Brett's sometimes. just a big softy. Ask, ask my ask my little daughter a lot. I'm a big wuss. <laughs> I, uh, ask her; it's she'll tell you. Daddy's a wuss. Anyway, okay, you win. Yes, you dear, dear. No, you're so adorable. <laughs> Anyhow, when your little cute little adorable players look at you with those little <laughs> player doe eyes and say, "Please, right. please, Mister Game Master, can I please have this epic moment?" Uh, no, seriously though. I mean, if you know your group, and it's it's difficult to do at a convention game, um, or can be. Some players are very dynamic and open and whatnot um, but I think <clears throat> I think you do it and I do it and you tell me if, if I'm wrong in this but it's because we're looking at the table and how it's going and we're like they're having a lot of fun two more rounds let's keep let's see if we can go two more rounds I think it'll be really cool or you know what you know as she's walking up to to hack the usurper's head off he casts a spell at her to wound her on the way up I want to see if she's really gonna do it so it's magic missile three bolts of energy fly off and hit her She's, you know, 15th level fighter. What the fuck is three magic muscles going to do to her? You know, and then that player gets to look at me and say, is that all you got? And she stomps up the up the up up to the platform, right? That's cool. That's epic. And that's, again, that's what the players have been building up for. Sometimes the players are building up for what they assume to be a struggle. <laughs> I've had players at my table say, this is going to be hard. I don't know if we can make this. This might, this is going to be touch and go, man. We we may, may or may not survive, but okay. If this happens and you die, we do this and this and this. I'm ready to sacrifice myself for the group. We're going to go make this happen. And when they want that, and I hear that, and I see that's what they're prepping for, giving them that piece of it, making that that bad, that, that Baron Von Badass, that bad person, jacked up just a little bit. Give them an extra Fireball spell, one more Lightning Bolt, one extra Phalanx of Ogre Guards, something, you know, some sort of... Gauntlet with stones set in it that would have you sort amazing power, um, but something <laughs> that you would have, you know. They have a lightsaber. I don't know. I do not even know they were force sensitive. Yes, they are. Oh my god, this is crazy. They knew something was up. Blah blah blah. And if you're paying attention to the table and you're listening to what they've been doing, and you follow the path they're on, sometimes they lay out for you what it's going to be. You do your best to think about it, even as sketchy, unwritten down as I do it. And even if you're using a pre- pre-generated module like you do, Sean, you do your best to try to get ready for it. But having knowing that it's okay, in my opinion, to tweak those bad guys, tweak the Baron von Badass, so she's twice as bad as she was because that's what the players want, I think that's legit. So I agree. Okay.
0: And I also think, for the record, that you go the other way. So mm-hmm. like Brett mentioned, I have no problem... You know, pulling, nah, I don't, I hate saying pulling punches, but yes. If it is something where they're, you know, it's going in a particular direction and then, you know, the bad guy is still okay, but somebody does something really cool, they succeed and they roll a 20 and for shits and giggles, I have them re roll again to see if they confirm a 20, even though confirmation may not be needed by the rules. Yep. But if they roll, you know, another twenty, and I tell them to roll it again, and they roll another twenty, instant kill. Yeah, man, they're—it's just a big pile of mush at that point. Yeah, yeah, you—you you stomp all over it. Your blood's all over your face. Your chest is heaving, panting. you but at the at the your feet, it's a big pile of mush. You just
1: went bonkers. Now will tell you though, if on the flip side, if I were on. If we are going to run a game, and we decided, hey, I'm going to run Swords and Sorcery, and all the roles are going to be in the open, playing Roll 20, all the DM's roles are in the open. Yeah. This gets trickier, right, when then, it comes to hit points yes. and damage and how much damage I'm doing to you. And I don't think it's undoable. At that point, is kind of where I fall back to my, hey, this guy has more ammo, right? Or he's got an extra he's got a holdout pistol, or he's got a laser blaster, or a lightsaber hit in his pocket, or whatever, another spell, an extra arrow of something or other, or a magic dagger, whatever. That's the type of thing you have to do because you don't you're not fudging the die rolls. And I, I think what what's happening here is that we're it's not fudging the die rolls per se, it's mucking with or fudging with the bad guy's stuff. His stats. Not the rolls themselves. You can still roll out in the open, right? But you're mucking with the behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, the Baroness should have died already. Well, I'm going to give her 20 more hit points, one more round, you know. Or she shouldn't have been able to to hit them, but she gets an extra bonus of some kind. You jot down that she has a, you know, one-use magic dagger or something. I, I don't know. But I think it can... I think there there is a danger too, I guess, and one of the reason we like to some people like to roll in the open, is everything's above board, the dice fall where they may, and so forth. And I do think there's a danger, of the dynamic badass, every fucking time, right? Sometimes, sometimes you win real easy. Sometimes you get your ass handed to you. You know, sometimes it just you don't have to do every fight that you have in a given campaign. Doesn't need to be crazy dynamic badass fight, right? Right. I tend to I tend to save it for like the big fight. Right. I don't mess with it when you're fighting the goblin chieftain, when the goblin chieftain is not the end of the adventure, you know. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, it's the end of the big arc and the big wheel that's turning everything, or whatever the case is, or maybe it's coming in coming to an end, and eventually you want to divulge the person creature, whatever, that's really going to finally put an end to the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I, I think the reason I started doing this more was not only just for the rule of cool and, hey, this is really cool, and the players really like this, and, hey, the deposed queen, this is really what that character wants to do. That player is all about this moment. Let's see if we can give it to her. The other part of it is that from a preparation perspective, it makes my prep easier Especially when playing a game system I have mastery of, if like if it's a D and D game, I know most of the spells. I get a pretty, I can find them fast. Blah, blah blah. If I'm monkeying with spells or hit points or armor class, that's that stuff's pretty simple. I know it. But having, even if you do write something down, conceptual instead of hardcore statistics, like five versions of magic missiles, six fireballs, seven levitates. You know, some of my favorite things you would read in the old. Monster uh excuse me the old uh, modules and stuff you'd encounter the badass wizard or cleric who has you know create food and water what the f they go into a fight memorized with create food and water that's just stupid you know it it makes no sense that the cleric would have that memorized ahead of this fight you know it it's just it's a wasted spell slot
0: well, that's another topic to get on but it's that game that people play, though. That's the tricky thing. So, those, like, growing up, we never took, you'd always create a magic user or a cleric with the same spells.
1: Okay, fair. Like
0: shield, shield, magic missile, and maybe sleep, charm, sleep, whatever. Charm, hold, yeah. Uh, yeah, hold person, charm, sleep, whatever. Hold like, clerical. those were always web, throw web in there. They were always go to. You never took, create food and water. You never chose mend. You never chose all these things that are not offensive and they're not defensive utility they're spells utility spells man but if you ran a game that that shit was important then those
1: things are freaking important spells like hey your shit your armor is broke oh yeah but I, what i'm saying is that in the realm of the dynamic bad guy you know right. no I having agree. the having that having the evil cleric having her have memorized cure you know excuse me not cure but you know Detect clean water. <laughs> you know, the fuck right. does she have that memorized for? Which is right. where I started that's where I actually cut my teeth with the whole I'm gonna make this bad uh this badass batter by dynamically changing the spells that make no sense. Well I agree. Yeah. I
0: agree that I'm saying from the player perspective, yes, you're playing from the bad, big bad evil. So uh, yes, I do agree. Mm-hmm. But also on the flip side, you know, I've had encounters where you know, the party's been really beat up. They're coming into the end. They're going to have a very hard time to overcome the this creature, whatever. So I just say, well, the creature's been pounded on by somebody else previously, and so they, timing-wise, have gotten them at a more vulnerable point, I guess. How fortuitous. Right. Which is, I mean, hey, man, they may not be the only ones in the dungeon.
1: That's true, too. <laughs> Which could actually lead to a, why is the dragon at half hit points?
0: Wow, we killed a well, big I didn't, evil dragon, and I didn't, it took
1: us three rounds. I didn't see the opposing party. You know, the ones that use the uh, red shafted arrows that we saw buried in the dragon's head? Yeah, where's that guy? Where's his yeah. group? There's some uh,
0: foreshadowing.
1: Yeah. So I do I do know, though, that some folks, when it comes to you know a balanced encounter, if you want to make sure that... The badass is truly badass. You take your time. You either use like the CR system or whatever mechanism you do. And some game masters take great pride in building out all the different components for the bad guy. Give them the right magic items uh, for balance' sake. The right spells, like the right number of spells. By the book, essentially a by the book encounter. And I think that I think that's an absolutely legit way to go. And I used to do that. Um, I don't do it anymore because I don't want to waste what it, <clears throat> waste is too strong I don't want to spend my time doing that I see it as a waste of time some people like it and they really groove on it so good on them but if you want to try to work dynamic badasses in there by cutting your teeth building a badass you start to understand how that badass is actually made and once it goes and the party kicks it kicks your badass's ass you're like wow They rolled right over her. She was supposed to be like, you know, Queen of the Undead and sorceress Supreme. They uh, smoked her. Wow. I didn't even, this didn't make any sense. You learn better next time and the next time and the next time. And eventually, if you feel the need to get dynamic with your badass, it's easy because you've spent the time building them in that game system and then your mastery of that environment helps you change on the fly if you have to. So I think it definitely can be worth it even if that's not your an overall intent, you want to be kind of more on the fly, seat of your pants style, one way to get there is to build them by the book and then learn as you do that. Sure, man. Sean's staring at me blankly like that's a waste of time. No, no, not at all. Do you build your guys by the book and then modify from there, or do you just completely see your pants
0: uh, I hate building guys by scratch. It just takes too much damn time. So I just whip out the monster manual and... Turn off the sheet and go, this is what they got. I'm good with it.
1: One of my favorite things that Paizo put out was that NPC codex. Because when, yeah, I, when I-, I played Pathfinder, making high-level Pathfinder bad guys, time-consuming. Right, So time-consuming for me. I didn't like doing it. So I could say, I need a fourth-level cleric. Got it. Whether it was a dwarf or whatever, uh, what a halfling didn't matter. I just needed the fourth-level cleric guts to work with. So uh, pregens were often pretty handy to, to steal from in that case, too. All right, man. Are we good? Yeah. I think we kind we of are beat good. This it was kind of an ad hoc of, topic. I, we yeah. could just go back in circles further on this, but
0: yeah. If we talk about it more, we'll just be repeating what we've said for the last twenty minutes,
1: which we probably have already did ten minutes ago.
0: That's true. That's true. Hey, but anyway, welcome well, back to the show, folks. Exactly.
1: If you haven't, if you don't remember how we do this, this is what we do. So, listeners out there, I mean, if you men and women out there have tinkered with bad guys. Um, and you've got a meth, a method, a mechanism. Sometimes one of the, the things I found ha- doing the show with Sean is it's forced me to think about how I do a thing. Sometimes we have a we have a habit. We just do this and it works, or we do it, it never works. <laughs> and for some reason we still try those things, which I still do every once in a while. Just ask my wife. I'm an idiot sometimes. Anyway, if you have a method that you're using and you think you can quantify it or anything like that, it would be it would be really cool to, to see and to hear. Um, what you've got to say about it, because um, sometimes the hard part is to capture lightning in a bottle. Whatever that really cool idea is you're doing, and explain it in a way that somebody else can can utilize it. So if you've got better ways, or even things that echo ours, but have some finer, better points to it, share it. Because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd love to see that stuff, so thank you. Yeah, share it. Let's go on.
0: Hey, man. Share that, dude. Right. It's a sign a die roll, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yeah, so I've got one here: Warhammer Fourth Edition RPG, Cubicle Seven, they, Warhamster. Yeah, they have. Um, John Wick was actually working on a quasi-game at one point on game gaming outpost back in the day on that message board. It was called Warhamster, and, and supposedly he was teaming up with John Cavalek while they're mucking around with it. That's really old, bizarre trivia thing I just remembered. Anyway, Warhammer Fourth Edition RPG. Special Edition Core Rules out there available for pre-order. I posted this on G+, and it is really tempting. Really, really tempting. However...
0: So the the last edition of Warhammer was 3rd Edition? Yes. Um, Fantasy Flight Games? Correct. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Um, Citadel, the Games Workshop guys, did 1st Edition, then Hogshead Publishing, which is also kind of a subsidiary of them. At least that's how I understand it. Did 1st Edition. Then Black Industries had 2nd Edition. Mm-hmm. And um, and then third edition was Fancy Flight, and now its fourth edition is these folks. So, so
0: Cubicle Seven, I don't even know the rule systems that they. Cubicle Seven did have. the
1: One Ring. They did, yep. and they do. They've done it a is- n- number of different things in that space. I don't know a lot. I have not. I do not own, nor have I played any Cubicle Seven game apart from Hobbit Tales, a card game, right, which I've talked about on the show. So I'm really tempted to do this because I love me a special edition leather slipcasey thing. However, I'm looking at it going, hmm, am I going to run it? Am I going to play it? I'm in the midst of my Warhammer first edition campaign right now. My players are having a good time with it. But I know it's going to be a while after I'm done with this before I can come back to Warhammer. Is it worth the investment? I don't know. But goddamn, that book looks sexy. What about a Vampire? Yeah, I got a whole bunch of that too. I don't know. And that, that's and coming that out, one, man. Oh yeah, that pre order. Um, shit, I don't even know if that pre orders out. Is that, can you pre order that one yet? I think you can. I haven't even checked. Which is just my ignorance of it because I've been kind of steering away from vampires. i played too much of it. I think. Yeah, Modifius, man. I don't yeah. know. That's a that's, whole nother. That Ken Heights in that baby and all that stuff. So
0: yeah.
1: Anyway, funny. link in the show notes. Warhammer Fourth Edition Special Edition Core Rules looks pretty cool. Sean Bersagse. Sean, over to you.
0: All right, so new Dungeons and Dragons adventure takes place in the real world. So it's a article on comicbook.com by Christian Hoffer provides that info. It's kind of like the Pokemon thing,
1: right? Am I right? Yeah, I think I'm right. Could be. Yeah, i to look into that. Yeah, we did have one from our listener Shane Freeman. Uh, told us about told us about the article. He found a boatload of mimics. Um, I think I've talked about Mimics and how I've used them on the show before. And uh, Shane said, read this and thought it was a very Brett-like thing to do. So we'll link in the show notes. I have to share that love out to folks. That was pretty cool. So, Sean, before we end, before we go into the outro and the rest of it, I want to ask you this. So my wife and I were talking, and because uh, Queen City got funded, so my two little ones are like, oh, my God, we're going to go to a new gaming convention. This will be fun, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, do you think Sean would want the kids on the show? And I'm like, I think we could get the kids and show why. She's like, oh well, my God. it'd be kind of fun to you know get their impressions or how <laughs> they like stuff. And I'm like, the problem would be Sean will quiz the kids in how I run a game. And <laughs> that could go badly for me. She's like, ah, you big wuss. Let them do it. So I'm, I was thinking if we do this, what we should do is I only have one mic at my house. Yes, you do. So what we should do is figure out a time, a place to do this, and I'll drag them. I'll drag them over to your place or something we'll set up a bunch of mics hook them up and get them to talk if you if they had
0: iPads the, the iPad mic isn't bad so they could oh, literally, well, we, we have
1: we have I got iPads in this house I can't sling a dead cat without hitting a kid with an iPad
0: well the, the trick with the iPad is you know they got to be in a in a quiet room as a matter of fact if they had light in a closet the audio from an iPad in a closet
1: would actually sound pretty good I like the idea of stuffing my kid in the closet
0: well, you know, <laughs> I'm
1: kidding. I'm, I'm looking
0: at it from an audio perspective, Brett. You reap any other rewards that may come from it?
1: So the other piece too would be headphones with the uh, throat mic thing too, possibly. That's possible.
0: Okay. Um. So it's the the thing with those wacky built-in mics mm-hmm. is they pick up a lot of room noise, so you get that really echoey chamber effect. It sounds kind of crappy, but I think I'm going to tell you, you know, if, we, long- if
1: we do this, you're going to have a shitload of editing, dude. Well, Alana, Alana, put the mic. No, closer, closer. There you go. All right, you well, say it again. It's gonna be a to lot of it, that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you'd have to put it on like a stand and just tell her to look at it and and talk. Talk. I don't know if we can get her on video, but she she we could get actually all three. I mean, of you should be able to log
1: into what we use. Or to, I could do the whole thing where they just sit here and I pass the mic back and forth to him, interview style. Yeah. Well, anyway, we can figure out if that's something you're interested in. I think my kids would love it. I don't, and will be. I figured I'd just say it on the show in case our listeners are like. Oh, for Christ's sake, I don't want to hear kids. If they don't want to do, it, maybe we do a bonus BS episode if nobody else wants to hear it.
0: Well, you know, I I think there's merit in that idea.
1: All right, so yeah, an I, idea. I, would,
0: I wouldn't squash it just because kids.
1: Okay, just an idea. Throw it out there. Which is saying something because I don't have kids. And you hate kids. You're so mean. I not mean to them. I do not hate kids. You they punched make me my itch son the first time you saw him. No, I'm I kidding. Did. He did not. He did oh not. my
0: god! These people are going to think I'm <laughs> actually, that guy.
1: Actually, Aaron kicked Sean's ass. It was pretty embarrassing. No, who? No, <laughs> <Decent>. <laughs> totally kidding. Okay, cool. All right. So, idea. I will uh, talk to my kids and see if they're still really interested in it. It's one of those things sometimes too. I know my my little girl little mom, is like, "Oh, it'll be really cool." And then the moment comes, she, I don't really want to be at the mic. She get, get kind of shy. So we'll see how it happens. How it works.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. All right, that's how you started. All shy. Uh, Brett was all shy when we started. Was I? I can't remember. Probably. was. <laughs> you should listen to episodes one through five. Were they bad? <laughs> I, I, it no,
1: bad. Okay. Brett, you gotta talk. Oh shit! Oh, I should it, say it, something. So just looking at you, smiling.
0: Oh my god! All right. Uh, So what are we talking about next week? I think it's going to be True Dungeon. That's That's the plan. That's the plan. prediction, okay.
1: If it's not True Dungeon, I've got enough time between now and then to get a a better topic together than the Slapdash Dynamic uh, badass discussion. So hopefully we'll be uh, True Dungeon Land and learn some stuff from the Master.
0: Yeah. Well, sweet. Um, All right, excellent. Looking forward to that one. All right, so... This has been another episode of Gaming and BS. I'm one of your host Sean.
1: And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all.
0: This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Brand Miner, Corey Wynn, Andy Hall, Joe Swick, Brett's Biggest Fan, Forrest Gary, Mark Antini Benedetti, Derek Jeppesen, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Palladian, Remy Bilodeau, Jason Hobbs Hobbs, Wayne Humfleet, James Carpio, not Caprio, Pure Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, Corey Johnston, Brandon Barnes, Dan LaValley, C.W. Mellon The Lost Sailor, Misdirected Mark Productions, Christopher Gray, Finnulf, Merkel Marco Freulich, Eileen Barnes, Tony Sugarloaf-Baker, Todd Crapper, Alexander Auerbach, Neil Benson, Chris Steele, Eric the Hoff Hoffman, Kyle Winter, Christopher Lang, Curtis Takahashi, Mark Tasaka, Larry Hout, Ray Otis, Ron Bishop, Craig Huber, Xavier G., J.V., John Hammersley, The Closet Gamer, Steve John Steve... Jared Rasher, Mark Richmond, Thomas Hook, Blake Ryan, Chad Gleyman, Sky, Roger Brasslett, Evan Harrison-Cass, Craig Howard Bishop, Jim Fitzpatrick, Peter Skaines, Knights of the Night Crew, Josh Wallace, Corey Welch, Eli Kurtz, Terry Turtianen, Edwin Nagy, Bruce Cunnington, Aaron Coleman, Tim Shorts, Stefan Dragonspawn, Ayo Nagus, Guild, Gordon Cranford, Eric Salzwito, Trezzy, George Sedgwick, Kevin Lovecraft, Matt Cyberlich, Jack Neller, And Robert Nemeth, Nola Burt. For ways to support the show, head over to gamingabs.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! This has been a Litterbox Studio Studio production.